Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Benchtown TV. Uh, my name is Kyle. I'm joined by Luke and Kathleen. We'll be discussing episode two of HBO's House of the Dragon, titled The Rogue Prince, which honestly is kind of funny to me because obviously that refers to Prince Damon. He is the rogue prince, but the main theme of the episode is Viserys and what he's going to do about not having a wife and what that then will mean for Rhaenyra's claim and kind of Damon's tomfoolery is a little bit of a side plot that that kind of lends to our conclusion. Um, but regardless of what I think about that, we're definitely easily two for two on great episodes. Um, and I'm curious to see, A, if you guys agree, and then B, just kind of what your actual thoughts are. Totally agree. Two for two. And also, I'm happy you brought that up because I do not like the name of the episode either. This was so not about Damon, and Damon was fantastic in it. But I was way more into the peak uh, Rhaenyra scenes and then it was obviously about fleshing out king viserys and his decision so i agree it was weird that they went with this one the first episode could have been called the rogue prince and it would have made a little bit more sense because it was just all about his intro and stuff but just fantastic episode i'm happy that kyle was wrong last episode about not getting more crab feeder stuff it seems like it's going to yes. be a super important early season plot and that could be really fun because I love Essos and anytime you can kind of connect the two, it's it's fun for me. I can rave about the end scene with Damon and Rhaenyra all day and I will when we get there, but pause for now. Yeah, I, I loved it. Um, I think Millie Alcock plays Rhaenyra absolutely just slayed this episode top to bottom. Every one of my favorite scenes she's in, whether it's with Damon, Allison, Viserys, Princess Rainey's, Yeah, all of those scenes were incredible. She is great. And I'm sad we're going to lose her at some point because obviously next episode already shows a time jump in the in the next time on Allison already as a kid. So we're going to see time jump. And then do you think eventually she'll be phased out completely or do you think they'll show like flashbacks and things with her? Because that sucks because I really, really love her. She's the best. Yeah, she's she's incredible. And I agree. This is, It took until episode two for me to be like, damn, we're going to lose a good one. She's a badass. and She's so fun to watch. And I think she'll just be phased out completely. Like once we hit like episode five or six. It was funny. She was giving like mad Danny vibes in this episode. So many parallels every time she was being a badass. I was like Daenerys, you know, mm -hmm. and it was funny because I said that to Alex. And she was like, well, technically, Danny is giving mad Rhaenyra vibes because Rhaenyra came first. You're talking about Millie Alcock, the actress. Yes. Yes. OK, I thought you were because the last name you had said was was Rainey's. And I was like, I don't oh, know shit. where the assumption yes, was yes, yes, that, yes. <laughs> that that she's just going to leave the show is. But I think they said episode six. Damn. I, think, I think episode six is where the, the shifts will happen. Wow. Okay. I'm Good attached. I'm already attached. So I'm me too. Attached. Yeah. Yeah. This, I mean, that's the risk they ran of casting multiple actors for um for these roles of just you know the first ones you meet, you fall in love with them, and then next thing you know they're different. And for what yeah. it's worth, Kyle, when you said what you said about the actress they cast for older Allison, oh my God, they might as well just be sisters. They look so much alike. Before we actually get into the contents of the episode, we have our new intro. So mm -hmm. curious of what the thoughts are in the intro. Love the blood. Loved it. I <laughs> was not expecting it to be the same song for some reason. I thought maybe they'd alter it a little bit because the music they're playing within the show seems to be scored a tiny bit differently. Obviously, we can recognize it scored to be a little differently, but I was like, let's fucking go. Mm -hmm. Let's go. Who cares? I'm so happy to hear that sound again. So. 
Yeah, you couldn't really miss with it. And is it just the Valyrian um, statue that King Viserys is making? Is that what it was, or did I misread that? It's so it's supposed to be like a representation of the Targaryen bloodline. Like I think the first cog that like overfills with blood was like the Doom of Valyria, and like the one of them follows the Targaryen family, and then there's like a thing of Aegon, and then it splits, and then it goes down to Jaehaerys, and it splits in nine ways. I think Jaehaerys had nine kids, and then. Like it goes into two of his two older sons, which then it goes into Viserys and Rainey's, and then it goes and splits around. It honestly was very confusing. Someone had to like I watched the video and some screenshots on it. Yeah, but I got there was no that. way to pick that up. Yeah, there was no way to pick that up if you're just like watching Sunday night nine p.m. just hype as shit for it. But no, yeah, I agree. I wonder if they'll keep it, they'll change it. We'll see what happens. So, uh, first scene, we get actual crabs feeding on people so i thought this was just an interesting intro like we had mentioned in episode one or like i mentioned i thought that they had cut some of this stuff Um, so this was actually really cool i almost don't even want to talk about it until the end because it's kind of connecting directly to corliss and like his future with damon so yeah it is like like a surface level analysis it was dope again you could just tell it was essos because of like the lighting the beaches like we're on a different continent this isn't westeros right here and it just you know like it's just gearing us up for who's going to be i think the early season bad guy i don't see crab feeder sticking around too long all right so we can go right into the the first small council meeting of this episode uh we learned that ryan redwine i really hope i didn't pronounce his first name uh who was the lord commander of the kingsguard has now died so harold westerling who was out i'm sorry who was rhaenyra's sworn shield will be the new lord commander uh so they will need to fill that spot mm-hmm. and while they're talking about that cordless storms in and goes off again about the triarchy and and crab feeder. Take anything from that case, Bing. Give me some crab feeder. Uh, no, I mean this is what we're gonna deal with the whole time, right? Like Lord Corliss is gonna become a threat because the king is not doing anything to help him, and he's again the wealthiest, very powerful guy. He's gonna he's gonna, as we saw in the end, team up with Damon, and there's multiple things that made him do that. But he's pissed at the start. I think what would have obviously made him happy again was the marrying his daughter of it all but i think he's gonna be a bad guy moving forward which sucks because i like him a lot but he's gonna be a good bad guy i i really love his actor his character is is good for me but yeah nothing nothing much um i was a little confused again because i'm like a little rusty on like the free cities and and everything and and them going over that but i was googling it and trying to learn so other than that we're good i mean Pretty much the the sea between Westeros and Essos is called the Narrow Sea because it is very narrow. It's not difficult to get to to all the free cities. Free cities are a lot of like the coastal and like a little bit of like southern. It kind of tips around the bottom of the continent. They all just kind of fight over land in Essos. That's really kind of all you need to know. And they obviously have issues with pirates and things like that. So that's kind of just like a general background. King Corliss is only going to be bad depending on your perspective. That's what I want to say about that. Love Damon. Interesting. (laughs) All right. An important part of the scene that kind of is a thread that's woven throughout is that Corliss just thinks Viserys is weak, Mm -hmm. knows that people are noticing the fact that this is happening on the Stepstones with absolutely no response from the throne. He's upset about that. Rhaenyra kind of agrees a little bit in her own way. And she basically says, like, we have dragon riders. Like, why don't we just go fuck them up with some dragons? And Corliss is like, okay. Like, Corliss is down for that plan 100%. But uh, Otto kind of steps in and and shoots her down immediately. 
I don't know. We saw what happened in Game of Thrones. I think it would have been easy. And they didn't even have the ballistas that the, that the Lannisters had ready for dragons. I think mm-hmm. that's a that's a 100% win rate right there. Viserys and Otto both kind of step over Rhaenyra in this scene. That comes up later. It's just they're kind of setting this this entire conflict and uh, for the entire episode up at this moment. So Rhaenyra is the cupbearer, right? And obviously the other princess gets a shot at her. Rhaenys gets a shot at her later about being the cupbearer. So she is the heir to the throne. They're obviously not really letting her have a voice at all. By being the cupbearer, she's obviously in in the room, at least listening, learning. Mm-hmm. I feel like they should give her a bigger role and a chance to speak up. But of course, she's a girl. I'm sure if she was a boy, they would. But it's just so frustrating and you can see it in her the whole time. And it's just like Daenerys. And I don't know. It's so frustrating to watch her just be probably be smart and could have something good to say. Obviously, she's young, so she would really she does really need to sit in and learn. They should let her speak up. I don't know. Yeah, that was a purposeful choice. It was supposed to be that the last thing we see of her in episode one is she's named heir. And then we start episode two and. She's still pouring wine for people in small council meetings. Yep. It's supposed to be confusing for her that, well, I'm there now, but I'm still serving cups. So it makes it feel like it's a temporary thing. Like she's kind of just a placeholder at the moment. So Kathleen, you're, you're pretty good at watching TV. Hey, thank you. <laughs> no problem. You should, you should have a podcast. <laughs> I don't have anything to add to that because they're about to kick her out and then she's going to pick Sir Kristen Cole's the yeah. night. But I I said it earlier, kind of jokingly, but are we allowed to call Corliss a king? Because he's like, what is he, the king of the thriftwood or driftwood, the driftwood throne? Is that just like a fake title that we just kind of no, throw around? I mean, it's it's kind of like I'm fairly positive that's what they call the actual chair. The Greyjoys have a throne as well, like the I'm pretty sure it's like the Greystone chair or something like that. But I mean, he is Valerian, so he's gonna like you know gas his house up and use that name, and that's why I kind of. Damon makes that joke. I mean, you're more than welcome to call him king if you want. Where is he? Is it like King of the North? Similar? No. I mean, he he is not a king of anything. Driftmark is like a Driftmark is literally a small island like next to Dragonstone, and that's it. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can call him king if you want. I mean, he's definitely like he's the richest guy in the realm. He's probably you know arguably the third most powerful person in the entire. I really like him so far. Like, I just think he is level-headed and rational. And while like, he's going to end up on the bad side, it seems like I still think he's just, he makes very calculated decisions. And I'm about that. Wait, Kyle, besides Viserys, who are you putting at number two? Oh, I would say Viserys and and Otto. You can even argue that Otto Mm. might even be number one, but we'll get to that. I hope. Yeah. We'll get there. (laughs) Yeah. We'll get there. So the next scene, plays perfectly off the ending of the small council meeting and where Rhaenyra now is picking her her sworn shield, the new member of the Kingsguard, like Luke said. She picks Sir Kristen Cole. Uh, the really thing I want to mention here is just that it's, again, Otto trying to not make the decision for her, but not seeing her as this person that can make these types of decisions yet. And she immediately shoots him down as like, no, like, I'm right. Like, you just don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Now, to me, this felt like a good choice, right? It's a sound choice. You don't think she made like some dumb choice. I, I knew as soon as they said, Does, is there anyone with bad, real battle experience? I knew it was going to be him because they made such a show of him in episode one. There's a couple things where I felt like I was like, oh, this is going to happen. I hate to be like, I called a lot in this episode, but I did. Yeah. It was like one of those episodes you could kind of call mm-hmm. what was going to happen next. But yeah, Kristen calls hot. Yeah. Yeah, he is uh he's quite comely. 
Yes. And I guess small little fun fact thing. I just like that they mentioned the Iron Islands. All right. So moving from politics to Viserys and Allison, this scene was actually insane with his scale replica model of, of old Valyria and the kind of the lore tidbits that he drops. So there's two things I want to mention before we can kind of talk about how we feel about everything. It's just that this is fairly new info, I feel like. We don't really know much about Valyria in the books or anything like that. And especially, I mean, he mentions that the capital is built into a volcano and, you know, the dragon lords would live closest to the actual like volcano rim or whatever he ends up saying, because that's where most of the magic and power comes from. But he mentioned something called an Anagrion, Anogrion, where is like a location where blood mages, quote unquote, worked their craft. And I'm assuming this is all canon info that George has given the okay to. But this is definitely the first time I think that any of this stuff has been mentioned. So that was definitely mind-blowing from my perspective. Have you been seeing the rounds about um, Melisandre's actress wanting to take part in this new yes. series? Because it makes sense because she's yeah, like yeah. hundreds of years old. So like she could be around. But that could be like a seed plant where if they want to pull from it in some way, connecting to the Targaryen line. Like that, there you go. That would be wild if she showed up. I love cool. her so much, so I want her. To, I want. <laughs> yes, yeah, she was so good on here. screen. Yeah. The next part of the scene, I guess, the really important part of the scene is Alicent and Viserys are. They're getting closer. They have this kind of easygoing relationship with each other. I mean, she listens to him. They're kind of interested in the same things. I mean, like we mentioned on episode one, they're both readers. He's a big history nerd and history buff, and she's more than willing to lend an ear to him, which is kind of what he needs in his life right now—just some normal conversation with somebody who cares. So they're just really just setting the scene for the end of the episode so that kind of it makes sense why Viserys would choose Allison. Yeah, the only thing I have to say is, do you think Allison is doing this on her own volition? She actually has any interest of, in this at all? Or is it really Otto? Do you think maybe Otto pushed her there first and now she's like coming around to it? What, do, what vibe are you guys getting? Because I was mixed actually with my own thoughts. I was like, oh, she actually like enjoys this. Later when she's like, if you wish to Otto, I'm like, oh, she doesn't want no, to. Well said, because I'm in the same boat. I have no read on this girl at all. And it comes back to my initial comment in the last podcast when I brought up when uh, Renera gets named the heir and she's like we looking weird like every time she's on camera I'm like what is she thinking I have no fucking idea why she's picking her nails at the same time she's yeah. being genuine and nice and we haven't gotten too many on-screen Otto and Allison interactions to make me think that Otto every single time every night is like you're gonna do this to the king then this and this I feel like there's a little bit of her own ambition there but it feels weird because I think she likes Rhaenyra as like a true friend, but now it seems like she's going to go her own way. I have no fucking idea. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah, I think that there is that in the behind the scenes at the end of it. The actress kind of says that it's all just because she's nice and knows what Viserys is going through in a way. Okay. Um, and is just, you know, trying to be there for the king. And also, I mean, obviously her father is influencing her decision to do this. She would have never gone to the king by herself that first night if he doesn't give that nudge. Yes. I mean, he knows what he's doing. It's her best friend. And also, I didn't go too hard on this in episode one, but these two want to kiss each other. Hey, sorry <laughs> to tell you. These two want to kiss each other. Um, I apologize. But yeah, no, I, <laughs> in reality, no, I would never apologize for that. It's my favorite thing in the world. Um, but like she would never go for this 
older guy. Like no one wants to do that, especially your bestie slash lover, soon to be lovers, daddy, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I think, yeah, I, I don't think that Allison is going into these meetings being like, the end game in mind is, yeah, I'm about to clap the king and get married and have royal babies. I don't think yeah. that that's what she's thinking here. Yeah. I mean, at the end, obviously, he chooses her. So then she now has her own duty to do and she can't really say no and things like that. But I don't think that's the motive at, at the beginning. Personally, I really like this scene. This is uh, Rhaenyra and Allison praying together in the sept. It's just fun seeing this side of the world. I feel like Game of Thrones got into it a little bit, but just how much in the books they talk about like actually praying and how religious all of the characters really are. It was just fun to watch them light candles in the sept in front of statues and things like that. But also it's just a great conversation. I mean, it just really shows how close Allison and Rhaenyra are. And also that Allison's becoming this person that Viserys and Rhaenyra both confide into. And so she's just put in this weird spot now at the end of the episode when we find out that she's not going to marry Viserys. It was beautiful. And I loved seeing that set again. We've been there before, right? Haven't we? Ah, See, this is where my timeline of things is kind of janky. But I'm going to say no, because in Game of Thrones, it's it's the Sept of Baelor. And that's after because Baelor the Blessed is a king that built that. But Baelor the Blessed has not lived yet. So, okay. Got yeah, it. the building that Cersei blown up has not been built yet. Okay, basically, it's they're similar because they're in the same fucking place. Yeah. Okay. I was definitely getting some House of the the Black. Was it House of Black and White? Is that what it was called? The the House of the, the Faceless Men. Faceless Men. Mm. Isn't it something like that, Kyle? Like, I do believe so. Yes. Yeah, yeah. that it kind of felt like that too. Like the darker mm. outer rims, and then the lit up candle centerpieces and stuff. That's what I was like feeling, but yeah, it's totally just religion sweet in Game of Thrones because it actually is sort of real with gods and shit. So that that stuff, you know. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. scene I was thinking of specifically was when Cersei and Jamie like bang with the dead Joffrey right there or something. Yeah, <laughs> That's the right. scene I was getting. Yeah, yeah that happens. That totally happens. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that is yeah. not this building. That is not this building. Yeah. It might be in a similar location, I believe, but I don't believe it's the same building. (laughs) Okay. The one comment I just want to say, it's just, it's nice to see this side of Rhaenyra. I mean, she's a 15 year old girl. We obviously love our badass, you know, young girl characters that show that girls get it done, things like that. But it's just nice to see her say, like confide in Allison that like, I wish that he wouldn't just treat me like this little girl. You know, just seeing that emotional side of her instead of having to put on this face of being the heir and all this kind of stuff. It's just nice to see that uh, Mm -hmm. she has a lot of dimensions to her. We move into another familiar setting, which is kind of uh, the gardens in King's Landing. When they open this scene, it's just I'm thinking of Lady Olena. It's just this is like her spot where she was fucking making all her maneuverings while she was in King's Landing. This scene is additional maneuverings. This is where Princess Rainey's and Lord Corliss tell Viserys that he should marry their daughter, Lena, just because it just makes too much sense, essentially. And it really does, ages aside, you know, like politically, I don't see any issues with it of just why you wouldn't do this. (laughs) I don't mean to like jump ahead to it, but the reveal was, I was trying to think of if we met her in episode one, was at the tourney when they show her and I was like, God, I hope it's not her. And then when they show her, And I guess what I have to say about this is obviously he ends up choosing Alicent. It was nice to see Viserys be like, this isn't 
cool Mm -hmm. because a lot of kings would have just been like, well, if I got to fuck this little child, (laughs) I got to fuck this little child. But what I really want to say is it makes him choosing Allison seem better, even though that seemed fucked up in the first episode. Them doing that actually makes it you go, okay. well, at least it's not the little baby girl, you know, (laughs) even though it's kind of fucked up still. Wait, I'm confused. (laughs) But anyway, that's all I had to say before. I I just think it's all crazy. But Viserys at least is really struggling with it, which is he's a good guy. He's actually like a decent man, which is nice and and good for a king. But maybe maybe he's not as smart as a king should be. I wasn't as so as Viserys after the first episode as I feel like maybe you guys were. I still liked him a lot, especially after the Damon scene that he had in the throne room. But this episode did a lot more for me. Like, I, I feel for this guy. I feel he's actually a good king. And it's totally just my twisted perception of the Targaryens from the show Game of Thrones and, like, everything people said about them. Because I didn't know much about this prequel book. I never read it or anything. But, like, the little line when he comes in and says to the queen that ever was, um, like, that you're my favorite cousin, that just felt weird to me because I just picture in my head all of the Targaryens of the past, either they're fucking each other or going to war with each other. So it's, like, nice that there was, like, a true cousin, non-incest relationship there because it just, in my head, I just didn't think there was that much of it in the Targaryen lineage. But it's cool, like, it's kind of, like, reshaping how I feel about all these older Targaryens, especially Viserys, because I said it on the last podcast that I didn't anticipate him being like this at all. Um, And he is genuinely listening to the advice of his advisor, Corliss, here, because he says, you know, what's your game plan? Like, tell me, talk me through what you actually want to do. He's not just set in his ways and he's willing to adapt. So this was like a big scene for me and like kind of reshaping my idea of what the Targaryens are. What's the, uh, the saying? You flip a coin anytime a Targaryen's born, if they're going to be crazy or not. That seems yeah. a little bit exaggerated almost when you're seeing a whole different generation of Targaryens in this show. And I mean, Damon, I guess you can say he's crazy, but the rest aren't yet. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens when we uh, when we get introduced to <laughs> to a new stable of Targaryens. Because I mean, we have we really only have a handful in this show. I mean, there's really three right now. You tell me baby monks crazy. So we'll uh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> When some new blonde-haired <laughs> madmen get introduced to the show. I guess just very quickly, just to describe why Corliss thinks this is a great match. I mean, we've talked about it in episode one as well, and they talk about it multiple times in this episode. But basically, the Targaryens and the Valyrians have been bros for a long, long, long time. They've intermarried for generations. You know, the Targaryens rule the air, the Valyrians rule the sea. Corliss is the most powerful man. That's not, you know, the king or the hand of the king. In reality, like it's just this is almost makes way too much sense. Mm-hmm. And they did, like Kathleen said, they set it up perfectly of what you might be thinking almost after the scene, like, okay, like, yeah, that's they made a lot of great points. Like this is, yeah, this is politically savvy, this makes sense. And then you see Lena and you're like, Oh my gosh, this does not make any sense. Like, no, 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 this is so wrong. So uh so shout out, I guess, to them in a weird twisted way that they did it that way. <laughs> Because uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, unfortunately, I guess I mean they're trying to stay as close as they can to the canon. So, quick question it, for you then, Kyle. So, say hypothetically, you're playing Crusader Kings three, and you're running a dynasty for the Targaryens. Are you marrying yourself off to the to Lena? I guess the disclaimer here is going to be that the way that I play Crusader Kings in no way represents my morality <laughs> that I go about actual daily life with. But yeah, I would do it. <laughs> 
<laughs> I just that disclaimer's there. And actually, when I mentioning canon, speaking of canon, in the books, Viserys and Emma got married when she was eleven. She had Rhaenyra when she was fifteen. She had already had two, I think, stillbirths. So she started trying to have kids at thirteen in the books. Okay. So I mean it's it's crazy, but not crazy. <laughs> I guess you could say. <laughs> yeah, it's so shocking when the, and devastating. I mean, we might as well just talk about this and we can go back to the other ones when yeah, they no, show yeah, that's perfect. Lena, they show it from afar. So she's obviously this tiny, small girl. And then when she looks up, like I watched Alex watch it on my second watch, she watched with me and I was like watching her watch it. She was like, oh, no, not her. I was like, I know they do such a good job. She has such a like a baby voice. It really is such a stark gross contrast between the two and he's like did your dad tell you to say that when she goes through that little speech that obviously she rehearsed 50 times nails it by the way good job little girl and then her mom's like she said she doesn't have to bed you until 14 i don't even buy that she's 12 she looks 10 crazy uncomfortable when she recites the the practice lines it's obviously already uncomfortable and you can tell that Viserys is uncomfortable, but she drops that line and we've even watched in a group. And I think it might've been so one of our friends is probably Alki was like, what the fuck? Like, Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, it's one thing to read it on the page. It's another thing to actually see it act out with a child and like a grown man. And it's just, mm-hmm. does not make you feel good. I will say that her and her dad have the best hair of all the Targaryens or of all of the Valyrian blood. I should say yes. her hair was the shit. Lena's. Yeah. While we're here, Rainice's hair is so out of control. What's she hiding back there? What is she? It's to here. It's like <laughs> it's nuts. It's always like that, though. It's always on point like that. Yeah, she spent <laughs> way too exhausting. much time in the hair chair. Yeah, for real. Yeah, yeah that that feels exhausting. Before we move away from uh, Lena and Viserys, obviously the overwhelming theme of the the conversation is very uncomfortable. But it's important to note that Lena just really wants to talk about dragons you know when it's like free-flowing conversation she wants to talk about dragons and then she has to drop her pre-practice line but they do mention both Beleriand. they actually say confirm what i had mentioned in the first episode that viserys was the last person to ride the black dread aka the dragon that aegon the conqueror rode when he took over westeros and the six kingdoms that he ended up taking over um and then they mentioned that vagar his sister wife's dragon is still alive, but they just don't know where. They said it was. They say me. they think he's somewhere on the coast of the Narrow Sea. One of the yeah. And she mentioned Spice Town. Spice Town is a town. It's like a port city on the island of Driftmark that the Valerians kind of rule. So that's just, I guess, a little bit more world building right there. Before I guess we move on, we can just very quickly backtrack just to Otto and Viserys having the conversation. So Otto, I'm sorry, Viserys tells Otto and Grandmaster Malos that Corlys has come to him with this kind of betrothal idea Otto obviously immediately dismisses it out of hand because he has larger designs but i just curious of what you guys think of maester malos is on the other side of it kind of of being like you know oh it's the great match like you you know unite the houses it's it shows strength for for the realm but i was also reading a lot of people thinking that Otto and Melos were just kind of playing a two man game on Viserys where like Melos really? is kind of in, in Otto's pocket trying to play that side but in reality it's just kind of Otto's creature i didn't take oh. it like that 
Me neither. I didn't I didn't read that. I got it as Otto was really trying to play the like I don't envy you game. Obviously, he's so selfish. He wants Allison to be that. That's all I was getting that he was just like sucks, brother. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't that's, that's interesting. I would like to rewatch that scene with that in mind. I guess he just doesn't sign off on the idea of him marrying Corliss's daughter. But he but he doesn't like push Allison or anything in replacement, which is yeah, you know, smart. It's because he's trying to make it seem like Viserys's idea. Yeah. He really is. That's true. And I will say, obviously, there were scenes that we missed when he finally picks Allison when they're at the table because Otto knew what was coming. Allison was in the room. We obviously missed scenes of of him telling Allison that's going to happen or at least telling Otto who told Allison being like, since when is she there in that room yeah. you know yeah yeah as soon as she was in the room i was like oh, oh i'm scared yeah <laughs> uh, the but. biggest piece of evidence for that stuff with melos is that in episode one at the tourney the news of emma being like in very difficult labor gets told to otto first and then otto then tells the king okay when you would think maybe you would just tell the king yeah. but um that could be easily people reading way too far into things mm-hmm. Not leaving this scene without mentioning the absolute disgusting nature of those fucking maggots. Yeah, Get the hell out for of here. real. It is cool that I'm pretty sure that's just directly linked to his his cut that we saw him get in the Damon scene, right from the throne, which was on yep. that finger when he cuts himself. So there's something weird going on with maybe it's just completely symbolism about what you said before, Kyle, where the throne cuts bad kings or something like that, and it's just not healing because that's. Apparently what's happening, his back cut wasn't healing, his finger cut, we're now six months in advance and it's festering and it's about to, they're about to have to cut it off. So I don't know if there's something else going on there, but it's weird that the throne is basically just slowly killing him and he's not healing correctly. I mean, it could just be whatever the Iron Throne is made out of iron, obviously, but like he's getting like poisoned by the cuts. I don't know. Is it like a metaphorical wacky Game of Thrones thing or is it genuinely like this thing when it cuts you? We don't have the medicine to fix it. It's going to get infected. It's going to someone's like sprinkling like bacteria on it at night. And so he's just cutting (laughs) himself a little bit. Yeah. Fucking Damon, <laughs> perfectly, uh, perfectly out- outlined there, Kathleen. Those seem to be the the only two possibilities. I mean, it's gonna get addressed. It'll come up. It'll happen. I can never tell when Kyle knows something because he's read the book, or if he, <laughs> you know, or yeah. or if Is he's that, just complimenting me though. to compliment me. <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good thing, though. I should be keeping you on your toes. Yeah, it's good. I'm trying not to ruin things. The next real scene we'll talk about is going to be. Rainies and Rhaenyra having their little bit of a, a verbal sparring match. This was a great fucking scene. Excellent. I will be honest, I was a little shocked that Rain. So Rainy, a lot of people like the character of Rainies from the books, and it seems like she's kind of come off as a big hardo in these first two episodes mm-hmm. and not incredibly likable. So I'm just kind of curious for the long run of her character of what other kind of scenes we're going to get from her. But essentially, this is just. Rainy's trying to be like one woman to another. I know you have these dreams that now you're the heir and you're getting all these ideas in your head, but like I've been there. You're lying to yourself. Like I know what the truth is. They're never going to let you sit on that chair. And obviously, Rhaenyra, with that we know, strong willed, stubborn, she wants to be, you know, she has all these dreams of being a hero and fighting. And, you know, she even says, like, when I'm the queen, I'll change things. So she's obviously not going to take that laying down. Uh, I'll start just because I think you're gonna have more to say than me. I didn't take a lot of notes on this scene. I'm I fall into that camp. Like I don't really. What's Ra- Rainus? Ra- 
Rainies. 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 Or just the queen Rainies. who never was. I like that so days. much better. The queen that never yeah, was. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's so much easier to remember. The queen that never was. She made some good points. Then Rhaenyra made some better points <laughs> where she's like, they rejected you, not me. They ne- they yeah. kneeled and said that I'm the heir, which is cool. But she's also very young and naive. And that's kind of what the whole beginning of this episode was about. Her kind of needing this experience to go through the steps to actually get some some throne knowledge but um yeah i don't i don't have much to say it was a great scene and i totally am still team renera like i'm sure everybody is yeah absolutely i think that it's interesting because rainies is coming from a place of it's like precedent right it happened to her she lived it it's like she's trying to tell her i guess little cousin or niece or whatever you would call her girl don't get your hopes up mm-hmm. at all but also coming from a place of they were just watching Viserys walk away with Lena. So obviously Rhaenys has has other interests other than Rhaenyra. She's like, fuck Rhaenyra. My if my daughter's going to get absolutely pimped out, which she says in this scene, she's like, of course, it bothers me because she's like, it bothers you, doesn't it? To Rhaenyra. Then Rhaenyra flips it right back on her being like, that's your fucking daughter. Like, what is up? So it's definitely interesting. I feel like Rhaenys would have more helpful things to say and be nicer if she didn't have some other stake in it, you know, with with becoming like, okay, maybe I didn't become the queen, but my daughter's about to marry Viserys, you know? So I think it's it's definitely an interesting dynamic. I think Rhaenys would be nicer to her if they didn't have that. But I I personally really like this. Go toe-to-toe with each other. I love, like, two strong women, like, absolutely sassing the fuck out of each other. When Rhaenyra Mm -hmm. dropped the queen that never was, dab. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck yes. So sick. The uh, behind the scenes things after we're gassed up, these two characters as just very, very strong, powerful presence, female presence in the in the Game of Thrones. So it was cool that they like these characters a lot. Um, but yeah. Quick question. Does Renice live in on the island, I guess, too, with Corliss? Like, do they live there? They don't live or do they live in the Red Keep because they're in the small count? Well, he's in the small council. I would say they live in the Red Keep. So why would you even... I don't get it how would he even i guess he just is it close enough where you could take a boat and be oh yeah driftwood with like in an hour i'm not a seafarer but <laughs> <laughs> and i can't yeah i don't know anything about clicks or knots but um i don't know i mean it, it would be less than a day i feel like it's okay. like a day voyage so you can go back yeah. and forth you could just spend easily. a weekend yeah you could just pop back for a weekend you know a drift mark and then come back for work and then you know maybe you take a week off and you're in drift mark okay okay that's kind of the vibe that I get. Gotcha. Um, yeah, that question threw me off a little bit there, fucker. Um, <laughs> Got to keep the one you on thing, your toes. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, hey, I, I appreciate it. Um, but the one thing I will say is that, speaking of the behind the scenes, they did say, this is Miguel and Ryan Condal, the two um, kind of the showrunners, said that this scene was important to them. It's just, again, exploring that theme of the patriarchy and kind of the way that the patriarchy conditions the women, especially powerful women, that they're of kind of lesser value than the men that are in seemingly similar positions to them, like prince versus princess. This is similar, again, to what Queen Emma, the first conversation that Rhaenyra has with Queen Emma in episode one of her saying that, like, our wombs are royal, like, this is kind of our battlefield, this is how we get things done. And Rhaenys essentially is, this is not the term I really want to use, but 
she's kind of just beaten down in that same way of she's just accepted it now. Like she probably had the same thoughts Rhaenyra had when she was younger of like, I'll change things. Like I'm a princess. I might be queen. And then things happen to her. And now she's on the completely other end of the spectrum of you'll never change it. The men will always have their way. Things like that. It's tough now because it's like, okay, that's how it's always going to be. But obviously the the things will happen where that idea will continually get challenged. We'll be on the lookout for that. Luckily, by the time Danny's born, they're like, yes, be the queen. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess it's a little bit of a spoiler knowing that uh, <laughs> about, about 172 years later, nothing it still has sucks. changed. <laughs> yeah, absolutely nothing has changed. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the next technical scene is just more in Viserys and Allison. Slightly more flirtatious in this way. Allison gives him the gift. He really likes that she gave him that gift. And I think yep. this is where his wheels really start turning because this is after he's had the icky kind of conversation with Lena and he, maybe he's thinking about his options and Allison now is in front of him. So that's just, they, they're really making a point of showing as many scenes as possible, showing that the relationship is not just like completely random out of nowhere. Much better scene is the scene right after it, which is an emergency yeah. meeting that Otto calls for the small council where we learn that Damon, <laughs> the rogue prince, has conveniently popped into the dragon pit, stolen an egg, and left a little cheeky note, and then just <laughs> flown right back to Dragonstone <laughs> in the middle of the night. So this scene almost justifies the name of the, t- of the episode. <laughs> yeah, just that's not even like... Not even the later Damon stuff. Like that, him off-screening the dragon egg, just so insane and then they say under under the eyes of 50 dragon keepers he just kind of like snuck in there took it real quick and it was the big dragons or it was it was supposed to be the egg that was meant for the air for a day yeah correct yeah. Yeah. yes mm-hmm. when rhaenyra is like in high valyrian which fucking egg yeah. did he take the, and and of course when they are talking in that language again with damon so sick it just adds such a fucking cool little piece. Although, does Missaria know that language or was she just like kind of we can get there. We can get there. We're, I'm really jumping the gun. But Missaria like understood that and was like bounced. I got when, that, too. But I think she's from yeah. Essos based on her accent. Right. Like, so she there's a higher chance that she would. Yes. Yeah. So she anyway. is canonically. She is from a city called Lease. People that are Lease are like very long distantly related to like Targaryens and Valyrians. And as we know, as we've seen Daenerys, well, true, fair enough. (laughs) They've seen, we've seen Daenerys speak Valyrian. She never actually interacted with anyone that actually knew it besides her brother, but she did learn it from people who spoke Valyrian in cities like Lys. So Mm -hmm. in a similar vein, I love that the dragon keepers, they can just talk to the dragon keepers in Valyrian and no one else can know what they're talking about. The one thing I want to mention as well, because I love calling out Otto fucking Hightower is that Otto Hightower tells the king that he cannot allow the king to go to Dragonstone. Okay. He accepts it, mm-hmm. which is just, again, Otto just because, I mean, he'll tell Corliss when he's overstepping, but Otto can't seem to overstep. I feel like it was right that Viserys shouldn't have gone. Yeah. Right. I mean, it yeah. is to it's to Dragonstone and it's to face Damon. It's his brother. It shouldn't have been that big of a threat, but obviously Damon's just going absolutely rogue. Um, but ah, what we didn't say, you did it on purpose. The rogue prince, <laughs> the cheeky no was say, saying that he's marrying Missaria, who I will never forget her name. Rainice. Sorry, I have to remind myself every two minutes. Missaria, 
would never forget. I Matt. write my notes Miss as Miss Aria now. I don't, even, <laughs> yeah. I don't even care how you spell it. And it m- reminds yeah. me of shout out to Severance, Miss Casey. I'm just like Miss Aria, Miss Casey. <laughs> but anyway, but I, I didn't realize, and maybe I forgot that babies in their cradle or whatever like sleep with the egg and then when it hatches that's why they have an emotional connection to it because in the cheeky little note he says i'm expecting a child i'm marrying her she's gonna be my second wife blah 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 which obviously he's lying about the child but that actually made me kind of sad for damon he was like well i want him to have it eventually like (laughs) (laughs) that that is exactly how he said it he was like well maybe one day (laughs) he's like not now but maybe don't feel bad yet because she's not pregnant, right? It was a lie. It was just a straight. Yeah, lie. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. He just yeah. lied and was like, I'm taking this egg. When he throws that egg, we'll get to it. I was like, yeah, ah. well, we're about to get to it right now. So fuck okay, it. Let's, let's head to Dragonstone. Yeah. I mean, quick scene, Allison and Otto. Alice, I mean, Otto's calling his daughter hot and shit. It's weird. So we'll move <laughs> to Dragonstone where Otto is taking his little squad of people to confront Damon. And like Kathleen said in the beginning of this episode, it was fucking awesome to see Dragonstone again. We get the the little bridge causeway thing where uh, what uh, Rhaegal flew above Jon Snow and Davos when they fucking dive on the ground. And Tyrion's like, eh, like you get used to it, that little cheeky line. Um, so obviously they're shooting on the same location. It was oddly nostalgic to be here. Well, like for season seven in stuff. the past. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But the show's in the Your past. nostalgia. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I guess this scene is basically two parts. Part one is Damon versus Otto. And then part two is Rhaenyra shows up, pushes Otto aside and is like, I'll handle this. So I guess before we can dive into Rhaenyra, I just am curious of any comments on Damon and Otto's verbal sparring match. Otto can talk the talk. He definitely was dunking on him fully, but you also can't fully dunk on someone like Damon because he'll literally just go, so what to you? Like he <laughs> he's not a man of like reason or anything. He's like, I don't care. I'm going to just unsheathe my sword and here comes my dragon. So now what? Like, but Otto was actually dunking on him and I really actually was like, okay, I knew it wasn't going to work, but it, it takes something more to talk to someone and convince someone like Damon just because he's, he's, he's a wild man. He's a rogue prince. So um, he did. Otto's definitely a words guy, but I mean, he literally whips his dragon out at the slight threat of like any sort of conflict. And then I was like, okay, hold on. Hold on. Let's let's. Yeah. Let's she the fucking steel guy. <laughs> settle down back there. He doesn't know you, but he fucking hates me. So <laughs> let's all settle down. <laughs> that's literally exactly what happened. Okay. But yeah. Yeah. That's like exactly what happens. This is the best front to back part one and part two best scene of the show so far. And it's going to be, it's going to take something, something good to beat this because this was just everything I've been waiting for. We're back into the Game of Thrones vibes and we're getting, we're already getting like season four level of badassery from people because they didn't have to do all the, the basic world building and stuff. So it's just, it feels much better. And we're not like hinting at like the prophecy, the big world picture stuff. So it feels like so this episode felt so much more like Game of Thrones and this scene solidified it. Uh, But yeah, Damon, come on. Anytime he's on the screen, he's the best. And yeah, I'm starting to enjoy Hightower, not at the level of Littlefinger yet. Um, I doubt he'll get to that level because Littlefinger is a fucking all timer. But I do like he's a very nuanced character who's not just going to be put into a simple box, I think. So it's going to be fun to. Yeah. So I like seeing how anytime Damon gets a screen time, it's important to see who he's playing off against because that just adds so much information to like how the Targaryens yeah. are going to like interact with other people. 
he also played off well with speaking of Damon with Kristen Cole. I mean, Kristen Cole was willing to trade some words as well. I mean, oh, he, yeah. he chirps right back at him is like, oh, like perhaps uh, you recall when I knocked you off your horse. And he, I love what Damon just goes, ha ha, very good. <laughs> 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 that was such a great response where it's like Kristen Cole totally dunked on him. But yeah. then at the end of the, at the end of it, it's kind of like Damon didn't really lose, did he? Because like he just. Aha, very good. It was just like <laughs> such a funny, final last word that he just kind of jabbed in there. The boy's got a He's dragon, a bro. It doesn't, nothing matters because he has a dragon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, I mean, great fucking shot of Caraxes. Caraxes just letting out that roar, screech, I guess, whatever you want to call what dragons do. And everyone is just, I mean, they literally show just Otto's face and he is just shook. He's like, oh shit, okay. Here's a question I have. Would Rhaenyra's dragon and Damon's dragon have any sort of kinship? Are they buddies? Are they pals? Are they family? Damon's dragon no. is fucking cool. Mm -hmm. The red, the yeah. long neck. I, he is. They're all scary. This dragon is is terrifying. I don't yeah. know. I was just wondering that because when Rhaenyra comes like, out of the clouds, I'm like, is this something that Damon's dragon will be pissed at or is it like, oh, that's my brother. So that's hey. a great question. Or what I'm getting from the show, especially through Game of Thrones, is that I think it's all through the rider they have connection with. Like, I think if Danny's three dragon eggs were split up among even her, even her brother, like if they were split up between three people, I don't think they would have been as good with each other. It was just because their connection was Daenerys. And I think that's what usually probably what it is. So like the dragons live in the dragon pit. Like they all live in that pit together. So like in a way they're kind of roommates, I guess. Mm -hmm. okay. But like they're not like bonded together in any way. Like Luke said, they're more bonded with their rider. Yeah. So I, I don't they think that Cyrax. Roommates? I don't think. Well, they are. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that Cyrax and Caraxes have like any type of relationship. Or like, beef, though, so, on the other side, right? Like, oh, yeah, exactly. And it definitely swings the other way of there's no real beef there. <laughs> they wouldn't fight each other unless pushed to it, I guess, by the sure. riders. Okay, yeah. I buy that. Yeah. I mean, unless, you know, someone was shitting in someone's bed in the dragon pit, and then, you know, we got beef, and then, you know, all hell breaks loose. I'm not I'm not sure the inner workings of the roommate relationship, who's a good roommate, who's a bad roommate inside the dragon pit. Sure. Uh, but nonetheless, Caraxes' roommate Cyrax shows up, and <laughs> <laughs> with Rhaenyra on his or her back, rather. And this scene was fucking awesome with the fog splitting, and then she comes over and flies over just like Rhaegal did with Jon Snow and Davos in season seven. Yes, and Rhaenyra uh, just Rhaenyra fucking lands, and the entire scene changes. She shows up, she walks through them all. Otto's like, yeah, I'll get the princess. So out, out of here, Kristen Cole. And she literally ignores that comment and just says, be careful. Like Cyrax is very sensitive to my well-being <laughs> and just walks right past and right at the daemon. Yeah. And then obviously whips out the Valyrian. So good. This scene. Oh, God, it was so fucking good. But my favorite thing about this whole uh, Dragonstone scenes is when Rhaenerys walks up to Damon. I did not feel even an ounce of tension between the two, which is so fucking incredible because six months have gone by. There is time for Damon to like build up some hatred about like this whole air thing. And it still felt like there was no chance in hell he was going to actually hurt her. And I love that because I said it a lot in the first episode. I'm going to keep saying it like I'm begging Damon not to be pure evil and be more complicated and fun than that. And this is this is great because it seems like 
there is still that kinship there. And it's not incest kinship. It's just like, you know, just yeah. friendly like this is. And I was just so happy that there wasn't any tension. Yeah, the relationship in the scene with Viserys and Damon last episode, obviously there was such high tension, but it, from Damon's point of view it was like resentment. And Viserys was fucking pissed. This really felt like two siblings being like, what the fuck? Just yeah. give me the goddamn thing back. Just give it to me. And the other guy's like, fine. But but you're not being. Yeah. Yes. You're not really being mean to each other. You're just being like, what is up? What's going plainly? No bullshit conversation. And that's the only thing that's going to get through Damon. But it's also because Damon has a soft spot for. Rhaenyra. She's like, Uncle, this is my castle. Like, what the fuck you doing? He's like, I'll give it to you when you're 18. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, pretty much. It was such a good scene. Yes, it was such a good scene. It just humanizes Damon so much. That's the important thing about it. In a way, it's it kind of solidifies almost everything Otto said, where he basically is saying, like, you're just throwing a fucking temper tantrum, bro. Like, give us the egg, settle the fuck down. And then it takes (laughs) Rhaenyra walking up and Damon's like, okay, it might be a fucking temper tantrum. And then he just throws the egg okay so let's talk about that i I was like debating with alki and dave and we couldn't really come up with an answer would in that moment if if renera didn't show up was damon down to kill hightower my take would be only if pushed like i would say only if pushed forward and stuff like that's how i see it right yeah but i don't my interpretation of damon's character it's, it's a tough question between how much it would hurt Viserys, and he actually doesn't want to do that. Mm-hmm. But he hates Otto Hightower yeah, so much that I think that he would definitely take that step and kill him. Do you think he would have also killed all of the other knights? Yeah, I mean, that would have been insane. I mean, he would have killed the Hand of the King, the uh, Kristen Cole who just got knighted, in the, and the Lord, the Lord Commander of the Kingsguard was there. Howard Westerling is the new Lord Commander. So that would have been insane if he did that, but... Damon's fairly insane, so it's it's hard. He's such a hard character to, I think, predict in that yes. way, and he's he's built like that, which makes him fucking awesome. I feel like you could have an argument passionately on either side of it, and mm-hmm. there's enough reasoning for either that you almost really couldn't convince the other that they were wrong, but you're never going to prove that you're right either. Yeah. I'm really excited yeah. because Damon and Hightower are being set up as to... Not vil- not I mean Damon's getting set up as more of a villain and but Hightower is getting up someone you could kind of like love to hate and they're both characters you love to hate and then watching those two go against each other is gonna be fucking great just like this was because normally I wouldn't really be rooting for Damon only because he's going against like our girl and stuff. But if it was like Damon versus Hightower, which it was, I was like, this could go either way, and I'm just yeah, like, yeah. Let's go. <laughs> it's a win-win for yeah. the good guys, no matter what. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. that's what I wanted to bring up about the crab eater because it doesn't seem like it's going to involve Viserys or Rhaenyra. It's going to be Damon and Corlys versus the crab eater. So that also seems like the same way, like it's a win-win because they're like no one's going to yeah. be hurting Rhaenyra. They're doing just a lot of good shit in these episodes. That just sees like scene to scene. You're not like that. Your alliances are shifting, but like the context of each scene matters so much mm-hmm. to like how you're viewing the characters, and it's fucking awesome. It's going to be like that for literally every season, every episode. Where we stand right now, I know we probably are building up to a huge Targaryen versus Targaryen thing, but as this moment through episode two, it doesn't seem like Damon's 
geared up to go to war with Viserys or Rhaenyra. And that's just the longer we can delay that, the happier we're going to be. I think so. That's it, that, and that's what this scene does, right? Like it kind of puts another um, delay in in the inevitable breakout of a war between them, and it's it's just crazy because even when Damon finally caves, she, right? Rhaenyra says, "I'm right here. Kill me if you if all you care about is the air thing. Slit my throat right now. I'll be done with this shit." And he just kind of looks at her, chucks the egg at her, turns around, and she smiles right there because she knows she's playing the game right now. She's in the great game now, and she's fucking killing it. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, she's just on this mission to prove herself, and she literally just did it right there. And I, I like and the I guess, of putting the egg into the into the pot after. Yes. Yeah, that. that was cool. And they, they fucking made those guys lug that thing all the way up there. <laughs> While it was hot. <laughs> not, yeah, only that, right? not only that, but when Rhaenyra gets back on the dragon and is just like, walk home, bitches. Like, get on yeah, your boat. I'll see you in two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Like, fuck you. Like, they probably could have strapped that thing onto Cyrax in some yeah. way. Cyrex is a dragon. She probably could have kept it warm enough for the flight back to King's Landing. <laughs> yeah, they just spent the Literally. hardest weeks of travel, and she was in and out in an hour. <laughs> oh, that's great. Viserys didn't even realize she was gone. That's how quick she was no. in. <laughs> no, literally, yeah. So honestly, we can skip over the Damon and Missaria scene. Essentially, she's just fucking pissed that he didn't tell her anything that he was doing and then he just sent a letter to the king that was like yo we're gonna get married she's pregnant and like all this shit and she was like you can do this dumb shit but i can't because i'm a nobody and they'll just kill me yeah yeah so only thing i'll say is i hated her accent oh my god yes that's actually what i had written down as well <laughs> just bad she yeah. seems like a, a good actress i guess in a way people love her in devs and shit shout out to paul facenda but <laughs> it's so bad it's so distracting it's probably by design and, like that's what she was told to talk like <laughs> yeah it's just i didn't think that in the first episode though i guess she didn't have enough lines in the first episode because she was like i could get a silver hair or yeah. someone and i wasn't really thinking yeah. wow that i i agree though um but i i yeah. mean good for her being like you know that giving birth in this day and age sucks ass i may die it's like flip a coin mm -hmm. toss a coin i'm dead <laughs> yeah so and good good for her because fuck that I mean, yeah. she knows what she wants. She's in and she knows fucking how to get it. So very quickly mention Viserys and Lord Strong talking. Lord Strong is the master of laws. Viserys is just he's just popping around the Red Keep being like, so what do you think about this Lena chick? Um, yeah. And <laughs> Lord Strong is like pretty much saying that he should marry her. That's yeah. his advice. Uh, he doesn't care that she's young at all. He's all about the bloodline and the unity and the fact that Corliss Valerian makes an amazing ally and a terrible enemy. These are the scenes that honestly, like this is what kept it from being, it just felt repetitive. It kept it from being like almost a, like a nine out of 10. Maybe, maybe it's, a, yeah. maybe it was around there, but um, I, it just felt like we're rehashing the same exact conversation over and over. So I agree. It doesn't really add anything. Corliss might retaliate by holding back his ships which we kind of assumed probably all anyway. I just like how human it makes Viserys seem. He's just like kind of nervous and he's asking all these people what they think. And it just, it just really expands his character yeah. and shows kind of what he's all about. And I just, I really like his actor as well. So I'm a sucker for, and especially Game of Thrones yeah. is so good at these character interactions that, I mean, for me, all the scenes are great. 
I agree. This one was relatable. I, I, I agree with Luke where it seemed repetitive, but it is relatable. Whereas if I had an issue, I would call every single one of my friends to get their opinion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm just hoping Actually, that this is like his most character centric episode because it, we got a lot and now it's time for other fun yeah. people. <laughs> well, now the decision has been made. I mean, a big part of Viserys' character is that he seems soft. Some people think he's a weak king. He doesn't actually take action. This whole episode is him kind of pussyfooting around making a decision. Yeah. He makes the decision. So hopefully, yeah, we can move on now. Mm-hmm. Uh, one quote I will just like to mention, Lord Strong comes out with some heat and saying that you sit upon the highest seat in the realm, your grace. Proud men don't like having to look up. And obviously, Corliss Valerian has demonstrated that sufficiently in these first two episodes. And so has Damon. All right. So <laughs> Viserys again getting a little nervous he's trying to ask now for someone else's help so if it comes to rhaenyra uh, this is her fresh off of her interaction with damon she's got the egg she's feeling like she's fucking killing it she's gassing herself up i bet as she's going to his chambers and he's fucking pissed because i mean in reality she is literally the only heir in, in uh, sarah's eyes at this point so she can't just be hopping on dragon back and riding to some potentially heated confrontation another side thing was that allison talked to viserys about how to talk to her and then allison talked to rhaenyra about how to talk to her dad and then now they're finally we skipped the dinner scene before prior where he kind of shuts her down and now we're here and he does finally open up and is like i'm fucking sad about your mom and she's like Thank you for saying it. Yeah, she's like, so am I. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So it was nice in that sense. And I love a dad and daughter relationship, especially back in these days where I'm sure it's like there aren't many. I like the scene a lot. Pumped to get to the end scene. That's probably like the normal takeaway from most people is just what you just said right there. But my takeaway from this was just that she was so badass that that top, that whole Dragonstone thing just got skipped over because of how yeah. fucking awesome she was there. He doesn't yeah. even doesn't even scold her with one sentence because, yeah, I guess no blood should happen. We're good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, Ray Ray, killing it. <laughs> he was so Ray low key Ray. proud. He was so <laughs> low key proud of her. He was like, damn, that was such a your mom move. <laughs> yeah, it was, was great. That was yeah, that was good. Now we have. The final small council meeting of the episode. We've referenced it a million times. Everyone knows what happens. Viserys mm-hmm. obviously announces that he's going to marry Lady Alice in Hightower, and he spurns Corliss Valerian by not choosing his daughter, Lena. Uh, the one comment I will make, just in general, about the scene is that I love the way that they shot it of Viserys, like looking out the window. You can tell again that he's still nervous at this point. He's about to make this big announcement. And the way that they did the noise is so muted of everyone coming in the room where it's like Viserys is so like nervous and focused, like so internally on his own thoughts that he's almost not even noticing that everyone's coming in and taking their seats and everything. I just thought that that was really, really, really well done. Yeah, this was a good one. This was like, as soon as they showed her, let's fucking go. I didn't know what Rhaenyra was going to do. And when Rhaenyra gives him the little like, go ahead, it's okay. And then he flips the script and says, Allison, oh, my God, flop, flop town. (laughs) Like, how did you not mention it to her before you announce it to everybody in the room? Yeah, because she I mean, we didn't really mention it, but she is in the last scene where they have she's like, it's okay. Like, I get it. Like, you're the king you're like mom would understand as well like you have to remarry like it's okay and in Viserys head he's like all right like she's cool with it like there's no worries anymore like I'm gonna make the announcement 
not realizing that he never told her who it's going to be. So he's just like, oh, no matter what happens, she'll be chill with it. And obviously, this is like the one scenario possible that she would not be chill with it. The facial acting was amazing. You could just see that like she was about to quit. Her face was like starting to quiver a little bit while she's looking at Allison. And then it's like she's also pissed at the same time. She took it with the acting in the scene. So uh, it was like amazing. If they yeah. are in love with each other, if they're just best friends, it's already a betrayal, right? It's the worst. That's your best friend, whatever. If they are in love with each other in the small chance or whatever it is, that is the worst. Mm-hmm. Like, can you fucking imagine? That is ass. No. That is awful. Oh my God. No, I can't imagine. Yeah. Say I was like in love with a man and then my mom came in and was like, <laughs> Hey, that's my guy. <laughs> I'd be like, yo, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. I mean, same thing would happen with the girl. It, I can't imagine. Like it hurts when like your friend does it, you know, but like, imagine your fucking parent doing it. That is such another level of betrayal. That's mm-hmm. just like it, fucking insane. And the whole point is to birth an heir that's going to de-inherit you or disinherit you yeah, from the throat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's just fucked up. So, yeah, Rhaenyra, shocked, pissed, leaves. Corliss, pissed, shocked, leaves. Otto, gassed up. He's sticking around. <laughs> What are we the drinking little fucking look he gives Corliss? <laughs> yeah, the, the look he gives Corliss is like, he's such a fucking rat, dude, man. It's well, so goddamn good. I Viserys held his own against Corliss, though. He did not back down at like standing his ground about. He's like, I'm your king. Like, you're going to listen to me and do what you're set. So that was good for yeah. him. You know, leading into this scene, like Corliss left that meeting thinking like, why is now the time that he like acts like a king when it's to spurn me? Now he steps up and shows this level of strength, but only mm. to put me in my place. You know, he's fuming about that, which leads into him contacting Damon for this meeting on Driftmark. And I like the way, again, they did this scene where it's just Corliss talking. And I mean, you fucking know it's going to be Damon. I'm sure this is one of those things, Kathleen, where like you're like, oh, I called that, where the Absolutely. camera pans and it's fucking yep. Damon sitting there. But it doesn't make it any less hype. I mean, what a fucking fantastic way to end this episode with this scene. Don't even blame Corliss. I would have probably done the same thing. I was feeling this team up since like the second or the second or third scene of episode one, right? When he's the only one defending Damon when he's not in the room about being the heir. These two are just meant to be together. Oh, it's going to be so crazy if these two are just like the powerhouses on the opposite side of Rhaenyra because I really don't want that. I'm I'm all in on them teaming up to fuck up the crab feeder because we're getting parallel shots of Essos or the is it? It's Essos, right? It's still in the free cities at this point. That stuff is taking place on the step zone. So the step zones are just a big chain of islands in between Westeros and the Narrows, okay. uh, in between Westeros and Essos. Right. Okay. And are we allowed to talk just preview for next episode or should we kind Let's of do it? That? Yeah, um, I would just maybe we can finish this scene, I guess. Yeah. Like the crab feeder stuff in the preview for next episode seems like it's gearing up to be like, that's going to be a, a main plot point. I won't, I won't say anything else about it, but yeah. it's going to be, I'm hoping a great Corliss and Damon team up episode. <sighs> then it's going to be Targaryen versus Targaryen, but I don't want that yet. I don't want that. Lit. I love it. These are these. I mean, Lord Corliss in the first episode. <laughs> I mean, Otto like kind of puts him in his place. Was like two seconds ago, you were voting for Damon. Who the fuck do you actually want? Mm-hmm. So I like that. He he's not just like someone who was hating on Damon in episode one and is now like, OK, well, fuck that guy. I'm going to go to him. So I like that. He was never actually against Damon. So this team up seems OK, Viserys. 
you do you. I'm going to do me. I love it. Let's go. Good TV. Really yeah. good TV. Yeah, yeah oh, fantastic stuff. It. Two comments will be uh, one, just Damon again, being an absolute rider for Viserys at the same time and like yeah. insulting him two minutes prior where Damon's like, you know, that's the one thing Viserys isn't good at, being king. And then Corliss is like, yeah, I mean, dude, I totally, like, he's so weak. He doesn't fucking respond to any of these challenges. Shut and Damon's your fucking like, mouth. Yeah, immediately. He's <laughs> like, I could talk about my brother like that. You better watch yourself, buddy. Yeah. Um, and then I just love the Corliss quote where he says, we are the realm's second sons, Damon. Our worth is not given. It must be made. And that is kind of the theme of their characters ambition he says i mean he even says the phrase we were made from the same cloth and i also like that they said the second son stuff because damon uses that as an insult against otto in the first episode when he says like otto hightower is nothing more than a second son with nothing to inherit and he'll do whatever it takes to get something and then corliss now is using that reasoning to damon to join his side and do things so so i have maybe a question but that i'm not excited to ask because i feel like i should know this but uh so the second sons i like that is um khaleesi's fuck boy was was in it right yeah darren harris darren harris yes also from hill house Ooh. yeah um, he was I, I will say that he in the books at least was the leader of the storm crows but the second sons are 100 a mercenary group in essos is that completely unrelated to this wordplay or is this like the- oh 100 related Okay, so it is. It is. It's going to directly be the creation of that faction. Oh, I'm. Well, I was just saying more that like the Second Sons was created by Westerosi knights who were like second, third, fourth sons. I oh. won't comment on whether like this okay. excursion to the Step Zones then creates the mercenary group. That's what I was getting at. And is okay. Is the Second Sons an existing group right now? Uh, I'm gonna say no. I just don't know a ton about their histories. The only one, I, the only like one I really know the history about is gonna be the Gold Cloaks, or I'm okay. sorry, the Golden Company. Jesus, which is a huge book plot point that didn't. Yeah, get into, that was like with the elephants. No, no, yeah, they did. Yeah, they, they were. Yeah, they were they in were season super, eight, but it was. Yes, yes, it was yes, not yes. done well. They got yeah. crushed. Yes. Yes. Correct. Yeah. I, I guess the one thing that I have is gonna be a question because. Obviously, like I've said multiple times, they are expanding on a lot of things from the books because the books or the book rather is just kind of one sentence or one paragraph on things. But Crabfeeder looks pretty fucking wild. Amazing. And it looks like he fucking has grayscale. I don't know if that's going to be a thing or not. I mean, I just I'm curious to see. I mean, a lot of people have just been commenting online about his appearance. He wears like that, like mask that almost looks like it's melted onto his face a little bit. Is that his face? I can't tell. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm really excited to see what he actually looks like, like how he moves, how he fights, if he speaks, the way he commands people. I'm excited to see what level of detail we can get on this, just because we know we've been jumping around in time. I don't really want him to have grayscale, because doesn't that feel like retconning a little bit? Because didn't it get confirmed that once you have grayscale long enough, it affects your brain and you basically become not a person? And that's why we, when we saw Tyrion and Jorah going through old Valyria... They didn't seem like conscious, like thinking entities. They were just consumed by the sickness. So uh, unless it's like him in the process of becoming yeah. grayscaled, which is fine. You're going crazy. That would actually be sick. So I take it back if that if they go that way. Yeah. <laughs> you talked yourself into it. But if yeah. he's like full grayscaled, that seems retconny. I didn't catch that, Kyle. What his whole it's body like his, seemed grayscale or just like a piece? like his face, chin, neck into like his right shoulder, I believe. <laughs> It actually seems 
kind of lit. Like this guy has nothing to lose. Yeah. Okay. Nothing yeah. to lose. He's like, let's fucking go. I'm going to just also, wreak havoc. It could be something like Shireen where he had it when he was younger. Somehow it got stopped. He has the scars, but he doesn't have like an active infection. I sure. guess you could say for lack of a better term. Yeah. Even though they do say in the books, the wildlings are like, look at Shireen. They're like, I'm not fucking, they don't want to eat with her. They don't want to be near her. Cause they're like, that shit never actually goes away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess we'll see. I mean, yeah, there's, they have more than enough latitude to expand on crab feeder. And I just, I think it's going to be fucking sick, man. The preview for episode three, That's I guess amazing. if you don't want to hear anything about the preview, then don't Skip listen two to minutes. This. Yeah. I mean, if you want to stop the episode, thanks for listening. But the fucking preview <laughs> looks sick. Like there was like, we're talking like full out, battle in the step zones yep. with Damon and Corliss like leading a host against crab feeder. I like that Damon is like a legit good warrior. It's kind of like Jamie, right? Jamie was a doucher, but he could fuck with when he had two hands, he could kill anybody, right? I like that they're portraying Damon as someone who's like, well, I'm going to go out and go do things. Yeah, yeah. See ya. Like, I'm going to go be yeah. on the front lines of this battle, which is cool and admirable back in the day. Well, and we're definitely yeah. if if this is going to go the route of like Blackwater Rush, like we're going to get a full battle. Like we're totally just going to get a sick dragon scene of Damon's dragon just taking shit out. And um, it's just going to be dope. I feel like we need we're owed a little bit more Damon time after they named this episode after him. And he was only in like three scenes. So, yeah, this, is, this could be sweet. And it's, it's going to really be a year cool. in the future, right? It seems like two because nine she had to get he had to get her pregnant and the baby was like a one year old or more in that that's, scene. That's good math right there, Kathleen. That's yeah, I would say two years, probably. Okay. I don't know why I had two years in my head. Do they say that? No, they, they, couldn't they said, said some later. sort of timeline, but I forget because I just kind of yeah. like skimmed it. Yeah. Yeah, it was a quick watch for me, too. But we do know yet yeah, now that King Viserys and Allison have had a child. They don't show who she's talking to, but she's obviously talking to Rhaenyra, I guess. Or about Rhaenyra, where she's like, you know, it doesn't have to be any different or whatever. And it's like, <laughs> it's never not going to be different. Like, yeah. you just had the heir now who is going to replace me. And you're fucking my dad. There's no fucking, you know, days in the God's Wood reading fucking history books that's ever <laughs> going to fucking get us back right. to that point. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I guess a good a good question to leave us on here, maybe I put it on the board kind of thing, is do we think Crab Feeder makes it out of next episode or is this going to be a three episode arc for him to kind of connect Corliss and, and Damon and make that alliance a thing. And then we move on to Westeros again. Do you guys think crab feeder dies or lives? I'm going to go on a limb and say it's done only because the trajectory of these three episodes have been, we're here six months later, guesstimate two years later. Mm -hmm. I can't foresee from this point right now, crab feeder is an issue. I don't know if they're showing Damon and Corliss fighting the crab feeders in six months, in one year. Like, how do they flow that episode? Is Rhaenyra and Viserys and Allison and the baby kind of f- even further along than what when this crab feeder fight is happening? Who's to Possible. say? But yeah, my guess is that beat. I think I think he's done. But although I don't know. I don't, we're going to have to see how they portray him. He seems really cool. Mm-hmm. So my take is that. If I had to pick, I'm going to say that he'll be dead next episode. But I don't think it'll be insane if they make it a two, pretty much like a two and a half episode, like counting this episode as a half episode and then two more episodes, like a small mini arc. Okay. 
into then having things flow. But you're right, Kathleen. It's I we have no idea how many years they're gonna jump between episodes and stuff. So it's 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 kind of hard to guess. Okay. Yeah. Uninteresting answer because I'm gonna say the same thing. I just think he's I think he's done. <laughs> I would I think I'll like it a lot if they do stretch it out into two episodes. Because mm-hmm. it'll just be I mean like that's the only actual war that's going on. I mean they've mentioned it in both episodes that no one here knows anything about actually fighting. So if we can try to milk two episodes of fighting out of crab feeder, I'll, uh, I'll tip my cap to him. Yeah. All right, let's get our final thoughts in here. Then we can wrap this one up and I could start. It was just awesome. We're back into the game of Thrones swing. I think like the, the, the train has left the building. Let's just fucking keep on going. The Targaryens are doing it. And I'm starting to get scared how much I like Rhaenyra because of the actor switch. She is quickly shooting up my like rankings of all time Game of Thrones characters. She's not like at Arya Stark level because she's the number one baby girl of all time, but she's <laughs> she's getting there, man. She's approaching like Danny level. She's still under her too, and like she's under some of the greats. But she's she's for two episodes pound for pound might have shot up the highest for any character, and that's a lot of pressure to transition into a completely new actress. And I'm hoping that it doesn't lose some of the charm, the badassery. And as long as that stuff's all fine, like I feel like Rhaenyra can go down as one of the greats. And I'm excited to keep watching her. And then Damon's just, you know, he's the best. To kind of reiterate what we were saying last episode, having House of the Dragon in its first season, right? Besides having all the lore, all the books, all the fans from Game of Thrones, whatever. They also have the budget for a season one, which is so lit. If you were to compare season one of Game of Thrones versus now, I mean, you can't because Game of Thrones was just starting, blah, blah, blah. This is so cool. So lit. I'm just so happy to be here every Sunday. I think like Friday, I I was at a bachelorette this weekend and I was it was Friday. I was driving and I was like, oh, Sunday is Game of Thrones. Like (laughs) Normally, I mean, you guys were away for the weekend. I was away this weekend. Normally you're like Sundays, like I'm going to just go die. It's no, let's go. We have something to look forward to again. It's amazing. Yeah. I can't wait for the rest of the season and especially recording this on Mondays every week too. Now I get to watch it on Sunday, rewatch on Monday, record on Monday mm-hmm. night. It's it's awesome. Yeah, it's I a wanna, great it's a great little thing. I want to add, yeah, just that we um you, Kyle and I and a bunch of our friends that we've been doing it for years, we do like an annual just trip, usually to the beach or the mountains or something like that. 20 plus people and we built the whole weekend around like Sunday night. We're fucking all sitting down and doing yeah. this and the last night of our trip we had a couple of stragglers like pull off because it was a longer weekend. We extended it. And so I think there was how many of us at the last night car, like 10. No, it was a, it was a 12 person watch 12 party. person house. Every single person was already caught up. Like we're all geared up and we didn't like coordinate this at all with anybody else. We're just like, we're, we're watching this. You guys can feel free. Everyone's caught up. We literally sat yeah. down and watched episode one right before it just to like rehash it right into episode two. It's just magical. Shit doesn't happen like this anymore. Streaming is taking over the world. So it doesn't live TV isn't like this. And the fact that Game of Thrones can even capture a little bit of this. And I just saw a tweet from Culture Creep today that I think they said that there was even increase in viewership from episode two to one. Like more people watched yes. two live than one, which is just crazy. And it was like a notable, you know, I think it was like a three percent increase or something 3%. like that, yep, which I is just that. huge off of a 20 million opening pilot viewership like that's just incredible it doesn't seem like game of thrones is slowing down and it's just gonna as long as they stick the landing which is always their problem i think this could be one of it could get us back to the game of thrones yeah i love that 
I'm sorry. I was just on the clock in a, in a fantasy football draft. Um, yeah. I just Game watched that happen. That face. <laughs> I was like, yeah. is he okay? Is he just get a crazy text? <laughs> now nah, we're good. No worries. Yeah. I just really think that we're two for two. Like I said, in the beginning of the episode, and like you guys said, it feels so fucking good to be every Sunday meeting up with people to watch a TV show. Luke, the point about streaming is dead on. I am definitely team weekly releases. Although I, I do kind of like Amazon Primes of give us two to three and then weekly after and then that. weekly, yeah. Yeah, but they're just doing such a good fucking job of bringing this book to life. It's so obvious in the first two episodes that they're huge fans of the series and that they really care about getting everything right and if they don't get something right from the book they're doing it in a way that makes sense and is actually even sometimes better so george r, r. martin had said uh like months ago that he had seen the first nine episodes and he said that they were so like went above and beyond his expectations like they were so good and now to like actually be watching them and seeing it in person just feels great and i could not agree with him they gave more. him nine and not ten i think so yeah <laughs> that's fucking wild like george <laughs> i'm pretty sure you're gonna have to tune in to find time. out <laughs> <laughs> yeah bro it ain't free it ain't free admission for the finale bro you gotta earn your stripes like the rest of us <laughs> okay so that will wrap our wait 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 two. final thought what did you like better one or two one wow i was i like two one just like, dude, one was like, we're fucking back. It felt so yeah. good to be watching again. And two was sick, but it was two had my one favorite just, scene and one had my oh least my favorite God. scene. That's pretty much what it is. Cause I didn't like uh, the yeah, sure. Fair enough. Yeah. I, I, don't, I know. I don't have a vote. No, 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 no. I would say mean anything. one, one just to relive. Like, yeah, you can't get that back. But yeah, I will say two, two made episode. me. It felt like we never left with two, but yeah, fair. I like how you treated that like it was fucking Viserys' marriage decision. Like, ah, I can't pick. I can't pick one or two. <laughs> it's just their I'm fucking like, well, wait, episode. let me go ask Alex. Well, you, just picked, <laughs> you just picked Lena right there with one. You just picked Lena. So feel good about that. <laughs> she dies off the screen. <laughs> she did it for duty, okay? Not love. <laughs> um, <laughs> she has a I duty love, in this I podcast. I love the realm. <laughs> You know what? So do I. So do I. Okay. Uh, so that wraps episode two of House of the Dragon coverage, The Rogue Prince. Obviously, we will be back for episode three. We'll be back for every fucking episode of this TV show. We will be covering it. It'll probably be the three of us. I know we mentioned in the first episode that other people might dive in and out. We will see what happens with that. But I mean, my spot is solidified, so I don't really care otherwise. And uh, we hope you listeners are solidified. You're going to be here with us for the rest of the season. Uh, if you want to follow our other things, obviously, please subscribe to us on either YouTube or your favorite podcast app that you might be currently listening to this on. Uh, all of our social media accounts, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, are at Bingetown TV. We have our own website, spoiler alert, BingetownTV.com. Uh, Patreon, patreon.com slash Bingetown TV. And uh, I think that's all the things that Jimmy requires us to say at the end of the episode. <laughs> so uh, if you guys don't have anything else, that's all I got. And uh, I hope you guys have a good night. Boom. Love y'all. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.